Sunday, Monday, happy gays. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy gays. Thursday, Friday, happy gays. They're best chums. Let's have some fun. Ready to chat with you. These gays of ours. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Jared Hagland. And I'm Ashley Fair. And, and we, we are, are Gay, Gay Best, best friends. friends. So welcome to the very first episode of Gay Best Friends, the soon-to-be world-renowned, critically acclaimed, Michelin star-winning podcast. Um, I hate to break your spirit here, but I don't think we'll be Michelin starred. You just need to dream, Ashley. We're in the library now, so we can't do food. But eventually, we will be out in the streets where we will cook up a storm and we can be the first Michelin star awarded podcast. Ooh, I like it. Big, big dreams. I just want to give you a disclaimer here. We are not experts on a lot of things. Very few things. But boy, do we have opinions and we are going to tell you about them. That's what best friends do. We are here to be chatty, catty, hopefully informative, and just be everything you wish and dish for with your gay best friend. And maybe, if we're really good, we will become your gay best friends. Aww. Aww. So, Jarrett, how's your day going? It's not bad. I just worked, but I it just just so much rain today that I just can't even get over it. And it's just weighing me down, both like literally with how wet my clothes are and my socks Mm -hmm. and just physically, sorry, mentally, emotionally. I feel it. On the way over here, I almost got hit in the eye four times by umbrellas and people no, no care at all where they are putting their umbrellas or waving them around. And it's just, it got me frustrated. Oh yeah, absolutely. As a fellow not umbrella user, my biggest pet peeve is people with their umbrellas walking under the the overhangs on oh, buildings. Oh, they use the awning and you're yeah. stuck. Yeah. You have a mobile awning, people. The, the worst are five-foot umbrella users. They think there's no one taller than themselves and they just wing. There's no reason for there to be metal points on the end. And there's no reason to wave it around like you don't know what's going on. Yeah. If I am ever in charge of anything in this world, I am going to ban umbrellas and we're just handing out state-issued ponchos. Or hats. Did we say that we're in Vancouver? I don't think we did. We're... If the rain complaining didn't give it away, we are recording this in Vancouver, British Columbia, not Washington. Um, Most beautiful place in the world. Yeah, except for fucking today. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How about you? How was your day? Ugh, it started out really grumpy. Uh, uh, First thing I woke up and... What uh, time did you get up? 6.30. Well, that's that's why. That's a bad start to the day. I agree. And uh, my partner and I had a miscommunication about Your business partner? (laughs) My my lover, my fiancé. Oh, are we saying names? I don't know yet. Okay. I haven't confirmed with her. We'll just call her... Jay. Jay. Doesn't start with that. I assure you. <laughs> does not start with a J. Um, okay, so yes, so with J. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you throw me off. Sorry. It's okay. Um, miscommunication about laundry, and that kind of, like, put me in a bad mood. And then when I got up, the dog had peed on the couch again, uh, which is a regular occurrence lately, and I keep cleaning it up and keeps doing it, and it's really frustrating. Um, and so I got into a conversation with Jay about it and, Mm -hmm. um, and I just, I went too far 
because then I brought it all the way back to the laundry. Oh, mm-hmm. never bring it back. Yeah. Well, and really, never text What'd when you you're say? angry. Uh, I told her, I, I made the assumption that she resented that I am currently unemployed and that uh, it, that's why she was assigning chores to me. Mm. which is not the case at all and I have spent most of the day doing things to apologize and so that was just you putting on yourself what she was thinking and you lashed out via text were you were you more upset by that or the dog the dog and then you just needed to go at Mm -hmm. something oh and I spilled some water too oh which that was that was the piece that broke so we let it all go. Yeah. It opened the floodgates. It, it, <laughs> it sure That did. wasn't even good. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you picture the like water, it, yeah, right? Like, yeah. okay. That's where I was going. <laughs> um, yeah. Honestly, if I hadn't spilled the water, I think I would have been fine today. <laughs> so were you, like, just in so in the moment angry that you, like, you weren't realizing that you shouldn't be texting? Or did you, like, type a message and go, ha, and, like, hit send with a vengeance? Not with a vengeance, because almost immediately I was like, that was unfair. I take it back. Did you say that? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's nice of you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least I I think one thing I'm good at is knowing when I'm in the wrong mm. and saying so. I just wish I didn't do things in the wrong in the first place. <laughs> well, if only we could all be perfect. <laughs> We try so hard. I feel that's pretty good self-awareness, though, that you realized right away that it was wrong and you needed to walk it back. Mm-hmm. And it was unfair because she was on her way to work. So one, she's driving, can't text back. Two, she's at work, she can't text back. Like, I recognize that I put us in a situation that was really unfair. And I think people don't... Um, you see this a lot. Uh, people getting into fights via text message um, or getting offended about silence when they're texting mm. and they're angry. Um, and it's not it's not fair to the other person. You don't know what they're doing. It's a text message. They're not having a phone call conversation or face to face where they just stop talking to you. That's and the whole the whole absence of tone, I mm. think, is what makes angry texts like pro- like wrong because mm-hmm. they can maybe not get any of compassion or understanding that is in your anger and any nuance in it. Yeah. Um, and then even receiving, like I, most text messages and especially all emails, I assume someone has written very angrily, mm-hmm. uh, and with hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny because, um, may I ask, do you find that mostly with emails or texts from men in particular or women in particular, or does it not matter? Oh, good. Um, I don't think it matters. Hmm. Interesting. I feel it mostly at work. I just, and yeah. maybe this is some weird self-confidence. I just feel like, I just feel everyone's getting mad and thinks I'm an idiot. Oh, yeah. That's just Not like a sad way. Like, I go like, well, fuck you. I know what I'm doing. Like, I just, I get. Interesting. Okay. So it's, not a it's a wrong way. Back. But then you get me on the phone with someone and I'm like, oh, no, they weren't being an asshole. They, it was just a question. You know, I get that. And we worked together before and, mm-hmm. and you, you saw this with me. If I didn't see someone. Uh, who was my boss or superior to me often enough, I would just start to assume they hated me. Yeah, I get that. And you just slowly climb, like you go up and up till you're at a 10. And then yep. like once you have a conversation or something and you just diffuse. Yeah. 
because all, all your assumptions and everything are just realize that well that was just crazy mind yeah exactly and it's um it's uh, there's some book that talks about this little like gnome on your shoulder or something or they call it like your your dark best friend or something and it's um the dark cousin something like that and the whole idea is it's just this mean person whispering these things in your ear and you literally have to say to them fuck off oh my god i love that analogy mm-hmm. it's so good I f- yeah oh i feel it and i will now maybe tell to fuck off i don't know yeah Sometimes I like it requires a serious conversation yeah yeah so back to your angry morning yes is are you in jay okay i think so um i made her her favorite christmas treat uh, it's called Christmas Crack for listeners at home. Uh, crackers, uh, a toffee middle, toffee caramel. It's a toffee caramel yeah. mix, and kind then of. chocolate on top. It's so good. It's it's better than it is. Than yeah. it, sorry, than it sounds. <laughs> yeah, better than it the is. soda cracker thing throws people off. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had it when Ashley made it, and now I make it because yeah, it's it's, it's shockingly so good. good. Um, so I made that for her. Um, and then I like I hid some in her advent calendar, uh, and I sent a million apology text messages, and I cleaned the house, but I did not do the laundry, because we agreed that she would do the laundry. Okay, good. I'm like, well, that's not gonna give you any goodwill <laughs> then, if that's what this started. Yeah. How about anything else with your week? Yeah, just looking for work. Um, that's it. Got some parties this weekend. Holiday parties. Yeah. That was the this week was the start of my holiday week mm. for weeks. Uh, Sunday was the last night of Hanukkah. That's right. And happy my Hanukkah. Uh, happy Hanukkah. Uh, my husband is Jewish, and we don't celebrate with his family, but my Christian family has readily adopted it because it involves brisket um, and latkes, which are amazing. Mm. Uh, so him and I made Hanukkah dinner for f- fourteen people. Whoa. Um, yeah, he made like. 60 latkes or something. Oh my gosh. And so, you know, my new cardigan. Yeah. That <laughs> I don't buy a lot of clothes that are $50. And this was a $50 <laughs> cardigan. So, this holiday season, it's going to come out a lot. Uh, so, I wore it to Hanukkah dinner. And then I had a work party on Tuesday night. And I wore it. I looked great. I was at the party, and about 15 minutes in, I realized that I smelt like a deep fat fryer. <laughs> from Hanukkah dinner and only one person commented but I feel most conversations that night were with people going why does it smell like fries or depending on what food was available they were probably just like I really want some french fries there was nothing like that there was like green curry as a pass around appetizer Uh, first all in little spoons no in like a little like bowl thing so you had to use two hands to eat it yeah it's a terrible pass around yeah, it was they, weird. They would not have done well it was on weird. Top Chef. No. No. No, they wouldn't have. Big fan. <laughs> they would have very clearly uh, been told. Please pack your knives and go. Thanks, Padma. All right. Well, um, it's going to get easier, I guess, as we tell more stories and you sort of get more of a full picture of our life. But uh, at this point in the podcast, as we're all just getting to know each other before we become, become true best friends... Uh, I think it's time to get to know Ashley and I a little better, and we have figured out some questions that we are going to throw at each other in rapid-fire succession so that we can get to know each other Mm -hmm. with you. Getting to know 
Okay, Ashley, did you want to ask me first, or did you? I do you want me to ask you first? You go first. Okay. <laughs> Quick fire questions. What was the worst job you ever had? Oh, I can't say that. <laughs> oh, what, what was it doing? Um, <laughs> I think I'm probably retail. Retail? Yeah, okay. It's but you can't say the name of it in case they want to sponsor us one day? That's right. All right. Keep our options open. <laughs> uh, you have your own late night talk show. Who do you invite as your very first guest? You. Me? Yeah. That might be really weird if if we don't hit it big here. <laughs> but, like, I'll hit it big solo, and I still want you to come oh, along with so me. Oh, that's so sweet. Uh, if a movie was made of your life, what genre would it be, and who would play you? Mm, romantic comedy. And I would like Mae Whitman to play me. Oh, that would be perfect, actually. Right? She'd do a really good job. I agree. If you had to eat one meal every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? Mm. Uh, chicken roast, uh, sorry, <laughs> quick fire, grilled chicken breast on a salad. Really? Oh, so good. Mm. And what? I want some feta, but like good feta. Good feta. Yeah. Like the stuff they have at Nuba. Never been. Another uh, another ad there, <laughs> Nuba. <a> <laughs> uh, what inanimate object would you banish from this planet forever? Umbrellas. Uh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> if you could swim in any liquid, what would it be and why? Ooh, I saw this question too and wanted to ask you. Um, I would want to swim in just water. I don't think any other liquid would feel good. Well, oh shit! Sorry, you should you should try the water sometime. Um, it's readily available. <laughs> um, you could make that random dream come true if you could swim in any liquid. You could try water. <laughs> um, if you could talk to the president, what would you talk to him about? I don't know if I could talk to him. That's fair. Yeah, I think I'd be way too angry. You could just yell. Maybe you could text him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Last one, he's going to jail. All right. How do you like your eggs? Over easy. If you could be any supernatural creature, what would you be and why? Um, A centaur. Is that the one with the human top? Horse bottom? Yeah. 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 Uh, I'd run fast. I'd be strong. I have beautiful hair. Sounds great to me. Excellent. And this one is uh, an homage to James Lipton and Inside the Actors Studio. It's how he ends every episode. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Welcome. Aww, yeah. That was beautiful. Oh, thank you. I know you better, so hopefully <laughs> <laughs> hopefully the audience does. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Any liquid in the world... <laughs> I you just, go for water. If you imagine yourself being dipped into other liquids, do any of them feel good? Oh, my God. I have a list. Well, great. We will add that to your list of questions. Okay, I'm, okay. like. Let's start with that. Um, olive oil, Ew. I think would feel great. Butterscotch, 
No. Um, oh, um, hair mousse would be one. Okay. Have you have you seen Patch Adams? Uh, I don't think so. There's a scene where he makes an old woman's dream come true by getting her to swim in a pool of noodles. Ooh. And that scene just makes um. you imagine everything that you want to swim in. Oh, okay. And like, yeah. I, okay. Honey? Too thick. Maybe watered down there. honey? Yeah. Well, maybe like I stand by olive oil, though. It would make your skin and your hair you feel really feel nice. You would feel so luscious. But you can never get it off you. You would just be an olive oil person. You can just use soap, I bet. <laughs> Palm olive. It comes off my hands. <laughs> <laughs> but you're going to have like a greasy spot for the rest of your life. Yeah, you're gonna miss, that's fair. But you'll know where you miss. I'm all, already very greasy. I can leave face prints on a window at any time of the day. So. Me too. But I also wear makeup, so. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. Well, good to know. Noodles sounds great, though. That's a mix of liquid solid, but. But yeah, it's it's still. still You should even just watch the scene. It's magical. Okay, I'll watch it. It's like sensation sensation porn. Mm, Ooh, I like that. Okay, question time. (laughs) On a scale of one to ten, how cool are you? Um. I would. I don't know the criteria of this, but either like a two or a nine. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'd put you higher. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> what compliment do people give you the most? That um, this I, I don't want to say this because it's in a podcast that I'm hoping people laugh. Funny is probably the number one. <laughs> I get. Yeah, I was thinking it's probably what you get. Sorry, I don't mean to comment comment on everyone of your answer. Feel free. Hot sauce, yes or no? Yes. Mmm, good. Any specific hot sauces you like the most? It depends. Um, I like Valentina and Frank's are the ones that I have in my fridge because one's vinegary, one's not vinegary, and that's what I'll base that on. Yes. Yeah. Oh, we, are, we are best friends. Or Taco Time hot sauce. Mm. Taco Time or Taco Bell? Taco Time. Oh, interesting. We should talk about Taco Time versus Taco Bell sometime. Oh. What fashion thing do you just not get? Any fashion, any like, I'm not a huge accessory person. Anything that's not functional kind of mm. just makes me... Makes me wonder. Oh. Okay. All right. Ties. I'm going with necktie. I There's no point to them. They are restrictive. They are the male equivalent of high heel shoes. Mm. Like, worse for men. Ties are worse than shoes. But it is um, I mean, I quite would, oppressive. I would actually <laughs> disagree with that, though. Because heels actually have health impact. And they're functional. You're right. Ties are worse because there's no function. And they don't even help your health. Keeps your shirt on. Heels don't help your health. Did you just say ties keep your shirt on? Yes. (laughs) Tie it up. There would just be shirtless businessmen everywhere without neckties. Woo woo. (laughs) Um, Okay. Quality of life or quantity of life? Oh, quality. Yeah, me too. Would, Would you drink milk in a group setting? No. So weird. I would, it, I know. How can someone get a gold star with you? Um, by being just genuinely nice. Mm. Yeah. Like that, I don't have a lot. You just have to just be genuinely nice. No. Have an ounce of joy in your personality. Mm. I just, I love people with a spot of joy. And if there is no sense of that, I just, I can't even connect with those people yes. and the other ones get gold star well good to know good to know favorite 90s show 
Roseanne. Oh, I want to say Roseanne, but I feel I can't anymore. You're allowed to like it from a time before you knew better. In the 90s, it was great. That's right. And that's the context of this question. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. Okay. I'm I'm going... And in case I regret that answer, I'm also going to say Seinfeld would be just... It's I can still watch it every day. Oh, great. I actually haven't seen a lot of Seinfeld. (gasps) I know. I dated someone who had a lot of... Seinfeld. Their whole family loves Seinfeld. (laughs) At what job would you be terrible? Interior decorating. Mm -hmm. I think I'd be really bad at that. (laughs) Again, it's because I like anything that isn't functional. I don't understand. Like it took me six years with Zach to eliminate this fucking glass vase full of fake plant sticks wait a second you don't like things that don't have function but you have (laughs) a pop bottle of i don't know what from when you were in college that you refused to get rid of um what's the function with that it makes me happy this vase makes zach happy oh fuck that it doesn't make anybody happy it's ugly and useless um, yeah, though that bottle is, it makes me happy. It makes me remember college days. Every day I keep a moldy, a bottle full of moldy banana peel and juice is a victory and shows perseverance. It's a testament to myself. Well, I can't argue with that. <laughs> Nicely done. All right. And then this is a heavier question. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your 18 year old self? Come out of the fucking closet. Ooh. Or also, I would also say, um, keep your confidence, but don't be so bullheaded about it. Mm. Realize that other people are right too. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that one. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And the earlier you learn that, the longer you really like, it's easier to do as you get older. Very much I think much so. when you're older and you learn that, you still kind of get stuck in that stubbornness. I know I do. Yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. I think it's also, at the same time, though, it's one of the, like, gifts of youth that you can be so bullheaded and pickheaded and think for some reason that you, an 18-year-old, figured everything out and no one else did. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that level of cockiness is something that I, I miss being able to have from being young. So maybe I, would, I wouldn't tell myself that one. I'll go to that one just to come the fuck out already. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. I think my answer to that last question is just take chances. Like I, when I was 18, I first started getting involved uh, working on campaigns. Um, And I was too afraid of how to get from A to B that I didn't. So mm. I had opportunities to work in other provinces, and I was just I I didn't know how I would get there or whatever. I didn't know if someone else would cover that or whatever. Instead of asking questions and like stressing that I had to pay for it myself, I just said no. And oh, I really regret that. That's a good one. Yeah. See, I um I actually that's something that very recently my 18 year old self had to tell my. 27, no, I'm my 30-year-old self or 31-year-old self. Because uh, at 18, I 
was lying about my age to get into like places in Toronto to perform, uh, doing things like that. And so I recently, I wrote it down somewhere to remind myself all the time that you were a boss when you were 18. Why can't you be a boss now? Ooh, that's and good. And it's led me to taking more opportunities and not being afraid in instances that I would be that I've grown to be older in life. Ooh, that's actually really good. Um, I'm currently looking for work. If anyone's hiring, hit me up. <laughs> uh, and I was talking to a friend of mine about how my resume five, seven years ago looked so badass. I had a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You're say cool. <laughs> um, like opportunity. Like I, I was going places, um, yeah, you know, that word. Um, and uh, now I have, like, I've had longer periods of time at workplaces or whatever, and it's more boring. Mm -hmm. And also, I just, I don't know, at some point you feel kind of stagnant, but I don't think you actually are. You just get it worn down, and everyone should remember. You're a boss at 18. You could be a boss at whatever age you are. That's right. <laughs> All right, well, now it's time for part of the show that, yes, we may or may not have essentially stolen the title from The View, which is one of my favorite shows, um, but Wendy Williams also uses it, so I figure at that point it is collective property, and we can all use it, and that means that it is time for... What are you going to pick? Topics. Can we talk? <laughs> so, so, Ashley, why don't you lead us off with one of our first, or actually our very first, hot topic. So our first hot topic is about Tumblr banning, um, oh, what's the whole list? Pornographic um, anything from Tumblr, um, female presenting nipples, um, and basically porn. Adult content. Adult content, right. Anything yeah. not safe for work or adult content will be banned from Tumblr as of December 17th. Uh, I have very strong opinions about this. And Jarrett came prepared with strong opinions as well. I'll try. First of all, I just want to say we're recording this before the 17th. This episode will probably drop on the 18th, perfectly timed, because after the 17th, people are going to have a lot more time on their hands uh, not looking at Tumblr points. So they can listen to us. <laughs> um, the biggest thing with this one is it's taken me a while to, like, to find the path to why they were doing it. Mm -hmm. So what's your understanding of why they're doing it? My understanding, and I used the term earlier that they're being nannyish, uh, and so my understanding is that they, after the federal government um, enacts SESTA-FOSTA, which I don't remember what it stands for, but basically uh, puts a lot more... That's the one that it puts more onus on companies that have content put out by other people like it's the one that essentially shut down craigslist ads is that right yeah 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 and it's it impacts sex work the most yeah yeah which no one was really like you know sex work advocates and you know good people were speaking out then yeah uh when it was making um advertising for sex work and you know, making your own living that way much harder for people. Mm -hmm. um, but there wasn't quite the outrage of rage 
um, unless when you're taking away people's porn. Yes, that's true. Because, but a lot more people because, are upset about it now, and it's not a new thing. Like, it's newish, but it's not new. I think because Tumblr was kind of this in-between place for people. Um, it's It was free to access. Um, it was a lot of amateur porn, um, stuff that wasn't necessarily regulated. Uh, and so I think the average porn viewer, one, still was accessing it on Tumblr, um, and two, like, most porn viewers are still getting their porn in other places. People will always get their porn. Yeah, that, exactly. My, my first reaction to this was, it's sad, it's nanny state, it's all that. And to be honest, the more and more I've thought about it, the less I care that they're taking away porn from Tumblr. And I feel, but that's the group that I kind of feel is getting the shit end of the stick on this one. Because... Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, people will find their porn. That will pop up somewhere else. I feel a place for artists is going to be harder. But I don't agree that people will find their porn necessarily. Like, I did say, like, yeah, porn's everywhere. But then as that set in, I was like, no, but that's not what I really mean about porn. It's about access to queer porn and judgment-free porn and, like, young queer kids finding themselves somewhere. Like, it's... Over it's, 18. Yeah. Well, no, like, under, eight, under 18 people can look at porn. And can't they? Not legally. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so people over 18, we'll edit that out. But baby gays, pardon anyone who doesn't like that term, um, anyone who's just coming out or just figuring out that they're queer in some way is going to want to find porn that is accurate to them, and that's a lot harder to find. Like, I, I have a lot, I don't have a lot of, I mean, this, this is just from my own circles. We, for the, we don't, we don't look at porn. But <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of friends who, who find their fetish, found their fetishes, thanks to Tumblr. And there's no other place like that? It's harder. You know, if Google Plus ever actually wants to become a thing, they should take this opportunity. Mm, they should. They could be the new home of uh, amateur, queer, and kinky porn. I get your point about queer late youth. We'll say, um, and I guess that's the redeeming one. But there has to be another place, and if there isn't, there should be. And hopefully, maybe this pushes it. Do you think people are gonna do? Do you honest? Do you think on the 18th this will be discussed anymore? Yes. All right. We'll see. I don't know. No, <laughs> I don't know. It's, you can take a guess. You. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. It is hard to say because when we all found this out, however long, like a week or two weeks ago. Um, time is just whatever right now. Um, it was like my Facebook was lit up about it, but in very specific groups. Um, and then it just ceased to be a conversation. Next up, I wanted to talk about Kevin Hart and the Oscars. Yes. He was announced he was going to be the host of the Oscars. People were very happy. Um, I don't know Kevin Hart's comedy very well, but from anything I saw, there was a very big outpour of like, wow, this is a really cool choice. Um, And then it came out that he had somewhat people called homophobic tweets. Um, He used the word fag and stuff in jokes. um, And I believe had jokes about not wanting his son to be gay. Mm -hmm. And then in clarifying that, he did say, still say that he sorry um 
if I can prevent my son from being gay, I will. I'm going to start this by saying I I used to do comedy. I love comedy. And I will, on almost every occasion, go to the side of the comedian. Mm-hmm. They need the room to be able to say things that are not okay. And that needs to be allowed. But then you also need to be able to, from their point of view, at least, you know, step back and look what you said. Mm-hmm. Not be damned for all time, but... But not double down on it. Yeah. And that's what gets me. That is what angers me the most about this. The Academy gave him a chance to get out of it. They said, you need to apologize and you can still be the host. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he has a manager, a publicist. He pays people who I'm going to guess sat him down and said, you should apologize and it'll all go away. And he made the conscious choice not to. And to me, that's hate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he he chose to step down instead of... Yeah, instead of just... You don't even have to mean it. Yeah. Just say it and delete your tweets. And he claimed that he didn't want to apologize because he'd apologized in the past. You weren't apologizing when you were going to be the host of the Oscars. You weren't apologizing when people who... Or everybody knew your name. That's right. And why, why not apologize again? There is no harm in just saying, I've said it again, and I say it before. I stand by my apology from the past. Yeah. You know? You were being given a huge platform and refused. Oh, it just, it makes me angry. And I I don't write a lot of people off, but I am writing off Kevin Hart for me. Um, and in the words of Blanche Devereaux. Eat certain dog trash. So we get a new Oscar host, though, which is exciting. Do we know who yet? No. They can't find someone. Oh. First off, do you know how much it pays? Nothing. Just kidding. Uh, it, d- it doesn't pay nothing, but it pays $15,000. Sorry, maybe twenty-five. I think fifteen though. Huh. Which is not a lot of money. No. Which, to be fair, I don't think Billy Crystal, Ellen more, DeGeneres. More than we have. Oh, yeah. But. <laughs> but to the people who normally do it, they're not asking us to host. <laughs> yeah. We're open, but they're not asking us, I don't think. <laughs> Um, who do you think should host? Do you have any ideas? At this point, I think it should be a queer person. Yeah. Okay, so who who else is it? So for the listeners, I don't watch a lot of award shows. Okay, so what do you mean, who else is it? Who's, like, who, there's, who's done like, it? there's a woman. Oh, no. And then there was Kevin. No, just Kevin. What? I thought there was two hosts. No. No, they did that one year. It was with James Franco, and I want to say not Anna Kendrick. Maybe an Anna, some sort of Anna actress. <laughs> uh, it didn't go well. Interesting. And it was like also one of the few years they didn't use comedians. Mm. Um, so no, it was just Kevin. Um, we've had queer hosts in the past, Ellen DeGeneres and oh, Doogie Howser. Why is that name escaping me? <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris uh, have both hosted before. Do you know who I think should do it? Who? Leslie Jones from Saturday Night Live. Yes, she'd, she'd be so good. She'd be so funny. She, I think she has the right comedic temperament for it. She's already proven that she's great at hosting things. What'd she host? Well, she went to the Olympics. and Oh, yeah. <laughs> her tweets. Yeah, she, I think she'd be amazing. Keeps it with a person of color, which mm-hmm. I think the Oscars needs to do that a lot Absolutely. more. Uh, it's not throwing it to some white queer, which mm-hmm. Neil Patrick Harris, Ellen DeGeneres, God love them, but they are the most... As privileged as queer people can be, yeah. they're them. I think Leslie Jones would just be a fantastic Absolutely. choice. Absolutely. I think that would be hilarious. But maybe she doesn't want to do it for $15,000. Oh, 
I'm sure she would. I think she would. Who wouldn't? She right, and she's again, she's so funny, um, and she does commentary for free on Twitter. Yeah. I, maybe she gets paid for that. I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe these days you can monetize anything. <laughs> so did you not watch the Oscars? Uh, no. I would like to, but I'm never with people who want to. Someone doesn't invite me over for these things. <laughs> it's not like I have a party. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you should. No, I don't even watch most of the movies. Um, oh, yeah. Right? I'm mostly just there for the monologue. What are you going to pick? Topics. Let me talk. So now it's time for what's getting in you. <laughs> We're still working on the title. It's so we have a segment that we want to do every week where it's highlighting something that we're watching, reading, listening to that we want to share with all of you. And for the life of us, can't think of the name that's actually appropriate. It's hard because it's it's not just watching. It's not just reading or just listening to. It's yeah, it's all of them. So it's really hard to figure out. And my head has been stuck on making it a slightly dirty entendre about something inside of you. <laughs> like, what you taking in? That's actually not too bad. What's penetrating you? What's penetrating you? What's coming inside? No. 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 What's making a home in you? Can you... <laughs> What's making a home? What was the first one I said that you... That wasn't a new, a new one. What's getting in you? Well, it could be, or we, yeah. Mm, that could be food too. Or what you're watching slash listening slash reading. <laughs> Who needs a double entendre? Not us. No, one entendre. <laughs> uh, so are you asking me? Yeah. What well, you're watching slash reading slash listening to. What's getting in you, Ashley? <laughs> um, so I've been on a big Christmas movie kick. Um, and... Recently, one of the channels, AMC or something, was they put on all these old Animagic. Um, Animagic? Yeah. So I, I don't know if it was what the studio was called or what they used to call animation. It was all oh. the stuff that was some animation, some la- uh, some um, stop motion, um, claymation, all of that. So um, they were all like, by the power of Animagic, um, which I wish they had stuck with. Um, so I was watching a bunch of these one day and one of them was the craziest Christmas movie I've ever seen. It was called... And that's something for Christmas movies. <laughs> Some of them are out there. Well, just you wait. So in this movie, I came in partway through, I think. Um, so I think I changed channel or I was doing something. It doesn't really matter why. But I came in partway through and when I first saw it, Santa was tied he had his hands tied um and he was like in a dungeon area and he was afraid um not excited uh and he and then i go off and something else come back and now there's some big battle between fairies and so on on one team was fairies and dragons and maybe a centaur or something on the other side were these like gargoyle creatures and they were fighting good versus evil um and the fairies etc win and they get to set santa free that's fucking nuts yeah yeah it was really weird it, it was super and there was like pew 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 like laser <laughs> things going on and, and is setting for santa free the climax i guess so he's set free and then he gets to go 
Oh, and I forgot the uh, most important part. The reason they were on his side was because this fairy had adopted him when he was a baby. <sighs> so he was being raised by these immortal beings. So they fight for his freedom, and he decides what he wants to do with his life is deliver joy to children on Christmas Day. So he delivers all these toys. So he came up with it, huh? Yeah, yeah. St. Nick. Jolly old St. Nick. Um, but this whole time, he's still mortal. And then, when he's like 80, he's about to die, and he does this whole speech about how mortals eventually die. It was actually kind of a nice speech. Like, it's a good one to show kids if you're dealing with people dying. Um, it was a really good speech about, you know, the magic life goes out of you or wherever. It was um, an important content of a speech if it wasn't <laughs> yeah. surrounded by a fairy gargoyle <laughs> battle. It could um, really mean something. So he's, he's dying, and the fairy and all the other immortals go to whoever decides to grant immortality, and they beg this wizard guy to grant Santa immortality. And it takes some convincing, and he does. And they're all happy, and Santa gets to live forever. But, I mean, if I were Santa, I'd be a little pissed off that, like, they didn't go make this request when I was 30. Yeah. And, like, full of energy and looking probably my best, well, you know? It takes a gargoyle battle to really get those things in life. <laughs> so that's what I've been watching. That's an insane movie. Mm-hmm. Was it, it, was it like... Mind. You explain the plot plot-wise. It sounds nuts. Mm-hmm. Was it good? Was it enjoyable to watch? I guess so. I mean, again, I missed the beginning, so I'd, <laughs> I'd need to go back and, and see how it gets there. I really hope it's critical. <laughs> but it was... I hope if you watch the beginning of the movie, you're not even on Santa's side. It was one of those <laughs> movies where I did, though, stop what I was doing and kind of like sit down and go, huh. What the fuck? <laughs> So, worth watching again. I believe, for the listeners at home, I believe it was called The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right. Look it up. Yeah. Watch it on Amagic? Animagic. Animagic. Yep. So, Jarrett, what you watching, reading, listening to? So, I'm hesitant to say this one because I'm hopeful it's going to get better. Oh, no. But I am currently reading... Michelle Obama's new book. It's not good? It's... So I normally eat up political memoirs. I Mm -hmm. love Michelle Obama. I felt I had to read this. Right. I am, I think, like 15, 20% of the way in. And a giant chunk of it is about her fucking piano lessons. And how they built her as a person. And, like, I'm sure there's some big thing there that this explains her character. But I just get that there was a mean lady, and she was ambitious and tried to go ahead in her lessons, and that didn't go well. And it's just dragging on. Yeah, it's going on for. Well, and then I finally finish the piano lesson chapter, and it starts in kindergarten. <laughs> so I feel like we're gonna get to chapter two hundred and thirty by the time she even meets Obama. <laughs> this is um. This is really abnormal for you. Like you, you like when you say you usually eat them up and spit them out. You, you, you really do. Like you read political memoirs within a week. Yeah. There are times when I see you one day, and the next day you're done. I, I feel so bad about this. Mm-hmm. I should. I, what I should have done is just skip the childhood, which I've done before in books. Yeah. Because the childhood is boring. Yeah. Like especially Michelle, she's amazing, but we want to find out 
like her badass law career. Yeah. We want to find out how she meets Obama, yeah. how they build a powerhouse team, how they take a chance and run for the nomination, how they get to the White House, and then we just hope she pulls a Stormy Daniels and tell us what his dicks looks like. <laughs> right? That's, That's why we're reading the book. Yeah. Um, and I don't think she's going to get there. No. No, not going to lie. Never would have expected that detail in it. I'm, so. I, I thought, I'm hoping Stormy Daniels sets a precedence <laughs> that in political tell-alls, that's now what we need to hear. It'd be good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Should go retroact. Like, Bill Clinton, I'm sure there's many people. We know there's many people who could write that story. It will come out soon. Well, the way the Clintons write books, eventually they may just, that might be the last <laughs> thing that they have to talk about, and so Hillary goes for it. It's just a picture book. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> it could also be called It Takes a Village still. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we are going to be ending every show, uh, capping it off, if you will, with the gaze of the week. Gaze, a- gaze. of the week. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't, didn't practice or know what theme song, but I want to hear what yours was. What were you doing? Do it. Gaze of the week. Boop. I like that. I was going, eight gays a week is not enough to... Time for gays of the week! (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, do you want to go first? No, you go. Sure, if if you go. (laughs) Sure, if you go. Sure, if you go. Uh, My gay of the week is Allie Krieger, and that's the uh, women's um, soccer player from the States. Um who recently so nonchalantly uh, announced her relationship with um, Ashlyn Harris, who's also a U.S. soccer player, and they're both crush-worthy. Oh. Yeah. They're just great. It's exciting. And I really appreciate when famous or semi-famous people become a thing. It's just, it just happens. Like, that's that's life. That is just life. It's not a big announcement. It doesn't have to be. Um it's just nice. But they're cute and in love. Yeah, and there was there was no indication of queerness ever, and then suddenly, boom. Well, she was a soccer player. Well, that's exactly what I thought, too. But then there's that one I was talking about earlier who isn't, so. Rare breed. <laughs> um, my gay of the week, for my first gay of the week on this podcast, I wanted to recognize the man who kind of inspired me to think that we could do this project together, uh, who is hilarious and um, is going through, has some relevancy right now. So my gay of the week is Ross Matthews, um, formerly Ross the intern. Um, Just in the news recently, he went through a public separation with his partner of 10 years. Uh, They did it really classy, like, like synchronized Instagram posts, loving each other. Uh, He's gone through that. He will, once this airs, have uh, been in the new season of RuPaul All-Stars that starts on Friday the 14th as a judge. And he was just on the RuPaul Holiday Special Mm -hmm. as a weirdly inserted little elf that I edited very weirdly in it. Did you you watch the whole thing? Not the whole thing. It was... It's not why he's the gay of the week. Let's say that. That's, (laughs) That's not why he's here. Um, but I just find him inspiring, and I just wanted to acknowledge him right off the bat because if folks listen to his podcast as well, 
there's going to be homages that come out of me, and I don't want to just on the table right now. It's not stealing. It's an homage. I think he's amazing, and you should listen to his podcast as well, Straight Talk with Ross Matthews, and that's why he's my gay of the week. Love it. Gays gays of the week. <laughs> Uh, so there you go, Ashley. We did it. We, we did it. are at the end of the first episode of Gay Best Friends. Oh, I hope you liked it and just know that we can only get better. And you can help us get better. So we want you to be our gay best friends. And what do friends do? Uh, they share, often inappropriately. So if you have any feedback, comments, stories, pictures, anything, you can email us at gaybestfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, or DM us and definitely follow us on our Instagram at Gay Best Friends Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe and rate and review us so other people will find us too. Yay! Yay! Thanks everybody for listening, all six of you.